Hey, voice teachers, it's Nikki from Full Voice Music. Today's podcast, podcast number 35, my special guest is voice and yoga teacher Sarah Witten. Her website, sarahwitten.com, is an endless resource with articles, videos, and online teacher workshops all about helping singers connect their whole body to the voice. Now, whether you are new to yoga or you are a longtime practicing yogi, Sarah shares some great information for voice teachers working with singers of any age. Welcome to the Full Voice Podcast, resources for private, classroom, and choral music programs. And here's your host, Nikki Loney. Hey, voice teachers, thank you so much for joining me for another podcast. If you are listening to this podcast at time of release, it is just past the midpoint of summer. And I hope, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, that you are having a a really great summer. If you're like me, um, my teaching schedule slows down quite a bit. This year, it was very slow and uh, (laughs) which can be stressful but you know what I took advantage of my uh, lighter schedule and I got back to my yoga practice. Now I have been practicing yoga for many years. I love it. It is very important to me. I know that um, for my my mental health, for my physical health and I know that I bring a lot of great um, ideas and instruction Um, okay, I'm just going to be honest, I steal a lot of great ideas from my yoga teachers and I bring them into my teaching studio. Um, I, um, I, uh, had surgery back in May, so I've taken a bit of a break, but I'm getting back into it. And, uh, I, my husband and I, we started going back. We first started with restorative yoga. Now, if you've never done a restorative yoga class, it's like fort building for adults you basically get blankets and cushions and bolsters and you prop them all up and then you lie on top of them. And it is fantastic, especially if you are recovering, uh, if you're injured or you have injuries. Uh, it's been fantastic. And we recently have been just really enjoying a gentle Hatha um class. So we've been, we drop our son off at, at camp and we've been going to gentle Hatha and it's been fantastic. Fantastic. So this is a timely podcast because my special guest is Sarah Witten, and she is a voice and a yoga instructor, a voice and yoga teacher. Now she's a certified yoga teacher, but she also has two master's degrees, one in voice pedagogy and one in vocal performance from Ohio State. She's a member of Harvard's Holden Voice faculty. She has professional affiliations with the National Association of Teachers of Singing and the Voice Foundation. And if you were at the conference last year for the the Nats uh, National Conference, uh, you may have actually been able to um, be part of her workshop there. She presents uh, to colleges and universities all over Boston, and I am so excited uh, that she could be here today on our podcast. Now, I had the pleasure of doing her online uh, webinar, her online workshop about alignment and posture, and it was a gold mine of 
excellent information and it was fun and funny and she is just fantastic and I am so pleased. So everybody, please welcome Sarah Witten. Thank you, Sarah, for being here. So how are you? How's your summer going? Good. Summer is good. It's um, sometimes I think I hold on to that crazy thought that it's actually going to be less insane than the school year. And then it never is. Right. Um, but it's just warmer weather. So I'll take it. Are you are you teaching a lot through the summer? Um, yeah, I'm I sort of keep my same private clients. I ramp back my classes a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um but and then I got sucked into subbing for someone. Um, so I've been doing a whole lot of that, which it's, I love doing it. So it's not bad. But then I remember I'm supposed to be sort of on vacation right. um, and I'm not. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. Um, I'm so excited to talk to you. But I would really love to know uh, a little bit about your journey from singer to teacher of singers. Sure. So... I think in my heart of hearts, I'm just someone who has to know why things happen. Right. And so I went to graduate school actually thinking that I was going to be a researcher in the field of voice. Wow. And so I did my, I did two master's degrees because why stop at one? <laughs> um, and the first one that I did was in vocal pedagogy. And that was sort of when I was in researcher mode and I took a ton of classes through the speech and hearing department. This was at Ohio State. And at the end of that, I sort of started talking with people and they're like, you know, would you think about doing a performance degree? And I mean, honestly, I was like, well, I don't have anything else to do. So why not? <laughs> and it's not like there's, you know, some job just waiting for me out here. So I stayed for another year and did a performance degree. And I, you know, then I moved back to the East Coast and spent time performing and doing some traveling. And I think when I got really honest with myself, um, I had a, a huge love of the voice and a huge love of singing, but that didn't translate to a real love of being on stage. Mm. That when I looked at people who I knew and who I didn't know, there was a quality to their singing and to their being on stage that I just knew I didn't possess. So I kind of did my, I did my time of performing. <laughs> um, and along the way, you know, I had a few administrative jobs and, but the ped degree really, I spent a lot of time teaching, working with voices in that degree. And I kind of just kept doing that and found that that was such a much more rewarding experience for me than being on stage ever was. And I knew that I wasn't necessarily looking to, be training voices that are heading off to the Met. And so I felt like the level of performance experience that I had was appropriate to the voices that I was going to be working with. Um, and I continued, I continued to perform until I had children and life sort of, there are only so many things you can do. Right. Um, and so performing became the thing that stopped, but I found for me, the, the performing that I really love is teaching. It's the same, it's the same thing, but in a format that really works for me. Was that a hard decision to make in the beginning? Did you struggle with that? Um, a little bit because I think I was thinking, but this is what I should be doing. Uh -huh. You know, this is this is what you do with, a, you know, as a performer. Right. Um, you know, and I think once I kind of got over my, my ego with a capital E, right. um, 
it, it became, it just was like, well, do you want to be doing this or do you want to be happy? Ah. And, you know, do you want to live in the land of, you know, being, you know, you accept the role that you're going to sing and you get there and then hope for a natural disaster so that you don't have to do the role? <laughs> or are you going to get up and look forward to going to work every day? And well, I choose that path. That That is that is very enlightening. I think uh, I think a lot of us have struggled with that, going from performer to te- to uh, teacher. So thank you for that honesty. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Sure. Um, now, I would love to also have you share with everybody, how did the yoga come into all of this? Yeah, you know, it was a little, um, a little by chance. I was in my first year of grad school and a friend who was not a singer, but was in another program who I met through a fellowship, um, just invited me to go to yoga one night. And I thought, well, what the heck, I don't have anything else to do. And I, I went and I just... I was so fascinated by it. And I, I think we were in opera rehearsals, so I couldn't keep going at night. And I switched to a day class. And I, the first time I went to the day class, I came home from it and I thought, how on earth am I going to sing? I was supposed to be going to my voice lesson. And I remember sitting on my couch and just thinking, I am a wet noodle. I am never going to be able to produce a sound. Right. And instead I went to my lesson and midway through my teacher stopped me and she's like, what did you do differently? Because this is effortless. This is what is supposed to be happening. Wow. And I was like, oh, I went to yoga. And, <laughs> um, and what I was, was relaxed for the first time in a way that I had never experienced before. Wow. Um, it was really, it was phenomenal. And I found as I continued with it, it was, it was the breathing. Um, but it was, it was the being of being present mm. and using visualization to manage performance anxiety and all of those elements for me, I found in yoga, it was talked about everywhere else around me in my performing life, but no one was actually giving me the, like what you need to do. Right. I found it in the studio. And then now you've gone through and obviously you've gotten your formal training in yoga. Yes. I, I practiced for about eight years before realizing that in the voices that I was working with, I was seeing a lot of the same things that I had dealt with. And I had a feeling that elements of yoga could help those voices as well. Um, and, and I was interested in deepening my own practice at that point. So mm-hmm. I did a 500 hour training it was mm-hmm. over, I think it was over 15 months, um, was my initial, my initial training. When you, when you're working with a singer, how do you, how do you incorporate this? How do you use your voice pedagogy and your yoga training and put it together? So it, I mean, it's very, in in many ways, it's very individualized to Mm -hmm. what I see in that body. But um, the places that I find the most to work with typically comes through the connection of the breath to body to sound. Mm. And because the physical shape of the body is going to impact the breath, but also the mental state of the body is going to impact the breath. Um, I found that uh, lots of people come to me having gotten feedback that there's something funny about their breath, but no one can tell them what to do about it. And so the first time I meet with someone, I do a complete assessment of physically we, I put them into alignment 
What are the patterns that I see? I look at their breathing. What are the patterns that I see? And then I have them vocalize. And then we spend a fair amount of time talking about, okay, here's what I see happening. You give me feedback. You know, we kind of can formulate a plan about where to go from there. Now, I had the privilege and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was part of your uh, alignment in the voice webinar, which uh, I think was just brilliant. It was there was so much information on there. It, It was a short webinar, but just packed with great information for voice teachers. So what motivated you to put that out there uh, and, and some of the feedback that you've been getting from people about your webinar? You know, I've been doing this work on a, on a fairly small scale for close to a decade now. Mm-hmm. And about, I don't know, it must have been two years ago, someone mentioned to me that I should submit to present at the National Nats conference mm-hmm. um, because I had done this. I had done um, the summer New England Nats. I had presented yoga there. I had done regional workshops. I had been in a few other parts of the country, but I hadn't ever done a national workshop. And I thought, okay, what the heck? You know, I <laughs> I, I sent it in and, and I submitted to give three sessions thinking, I don't know if they'll go for three, but why not? And, and lo and behold, they said yes. And I, you know, I was had the seven 30 slot in the morning and I thought, wow, you know, who knows who's going to get out of bed to come and, (laughs) um, and lo and behold, the room was filled. And then I would have a line of people at the end of the session wanting to talk. Either they had Uh done some yoga themselves or they had questions about their body you know, the things that I was talking about in terms of singers' bodies were present in their bodies as well, Mm -hmm. whether they were still performing or not. And it was sort of out of that experience, enough people kind of said to me in that, in that conference, how can I learn more about what you're doing? Mm -hmm. Um, And so out of that, I spent the rest of the summer drafting out this sort of larger program um, of which alignment in the voice is kind of the first segment of a, of a bigger program that I call seeing the whole singer. Um, And last fall I ran a beta test of it and I just got phenomenal feedback from the people who did it Mm -hmm. both in terms of what they found in their own bodies and what they were able to work through. And then what happened when they took it into the studio. And it was basically reflecting my own experience of sort of working out so many issues that I had developed in my own body and then taking it into the studio and watching people's voices just transform from shifting their physical being. Um, It was like, I finally wrapped my mind around the fact that your instrument is really your whole body. It really does matter. What's going on in your feet matters. What's going on in your hips matter. Um, And I had a way of working with it that could really help people. Posture versus alignment. Can we talk Mm -hmm. about that? That issue? Sure, absolutely. So lay it it on us. (laughs) (laughs) The best way that I have found to describe it in the workshop, I give you the actual like Webster's definitions of posture and alignment, but the simplest way of thinking about it is posture is how you're doing it. And alignment is how you should be doing it. Nice. Posture is a really, it's, it's a, about a fixed arrangement in the body, right? How you are standing and alignment is much more about movement and parts relative to other parts. So 
and, and I will say alignment is not the be all end all. You cannot spend your day walking around in alignment. I really <laughs> use what? it. I can't. <laughs> I hate to break it to you. Um, I really use it as an assessment tool to get a full picture of what someone's body is doing. And then we work on it so that your alignment can improve. So that when I, you know, after we've worked together for six months, and we recheck your alignment, your shoulders aren't quite so rounded as they were. And maybe your pelvis is in a slightly different place and you're stronger and more balanced, but it is a way of revealing the habitual patterns of tension right. that, that we're holding. And I find, you know, I, I think I have, I have read just about every pedagogical treatise, either when I was in graduate school or after every single one of them addresses the issue of posture and how to have correct posture to sing, not a single book agrees with another book. Mm. It's talked about in this really subjective language um, and often not particularly based. I mean, more modern ones are based on better information than older ones, but you know, the idea of the noble posture that's out there, for classical singing, I think the intention is correct, but for the modern body, it's simply impossible to achieve without doing some major work. Um, can I ask you what some of your uh, go-to exercises would be when you're working with your singers in your teaching studio? In terms of physical or vocal or both? Both. I would love to know both. <laughs> um. I'm a, I'm a believer in spending some time hanging out in middle voice to begin. I tend to do descending exercises, um, freedom of, you know, we explore all the vowels and, you know, and slowly start to take it up and take it down, um, vocally. But what I tend to do is I fuse, um, I'll break down a yoga pose into a fragment and, um, then have them do that while we're singing. Because what I've found oh. is it isn't, um, it is, we simply don't have enough time. I would love to have two hours with right. every singer that I work with then one hour to spend on the physical and one hour to spend on the vocal, but I have 45 minutes or an hour. And so I had to find a way to put things together. And typically in lots of yoga poses, it's, um, it's too big of a movement for the body to be doing even something as simple as down dog is really, mm. they're going to go to the end range of motion. They might get injured there, but I could take fragments of the fact that ultimately we need to get our arms up over our head without taking the rib cage with it and sort of creating a sway back thrust in the ribs. Mm. So I might have them get their lower ribs fixed against something like a wall. And then we're going to practice just raising the arms in a particular way with the shoulders externally rotated to figure out how far can you go before you would have to take your ribs long with it. And then we might sing as we're doing that to observe what kind of other tensions are coming in when you're phonating, where's that going in your shoulders? Where's it going in your neck? And then we, you know, just kind of repeat that and, and make it an exploration. Now, uh, typically what ages are you working with? For the most part in my teaching, because I've, I've taught as part of the Holden choral program at Harvard, I've been there for 13 years. So the bulk of those people that I've worked with are in college age, um, and then adults beyond. I did, I did some teaching of high school kids and a little bit younger, but, um, most of them are, are in the older 
closer to adult age. Are you working with uh, aging voice, like older voices? Yep, I have. I have had uh, my fair share of those over the years, for sure. And and they, you know, the thing is, you can see the same patterns in a six-year-old who has just spent one year in school where they're sitting all year at a desk, you see the same patterns only augmented in an older voice and an older body. Working on the alignment and getting the movement in there. Do you see the improvement in the singing voice? Do you see the more freedom? Absolutely. I mean, for some people, simply getting them into alignment opens the voice up in a way that they've never experienced. I, I can't tell you the number of times I've got someone aligned and they sing something that was previously challenging and it's suddenly not. And then they dissolve in tears because they just <laughs> couldn't believe that it was actually possible. Now you're seeing the whole singer um, program. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. So that was, that's the kind of broader look at the whole body beyond just alignment. So the first module is the alignment in the voice. And then the second is, okay, we've identified all these patterns called upper crossed and lower cross syndrome in the body. What do we do about them? So it gives teachers a set of movements to bring into the studio. It's called, I think it's called bringing alignment into the studio mm-hmm. that they learn in their own body and then can teach their students and they confuse them. You don't, you don't, have to use the vocalizations that I use. You can do whatever ones you use. You just put the movements with it. Um, And then in the next uh, module, we get into breathing because that's another sort of, in my opinion, much discussed little consensus on, on, you know, what, what should happen. And so I take the approach of Here's an optimal breath from the standpoint of biomechanics for everyday breathing. Okay. And I want everyone to have that so that when they come to singing, no matter what kind of singing you're going to do, whether it's classical or contemporary or musical theater or whatever, you're actually making a choice mm-hmm. and you aren't breathing by default. Mm. And and so we get into the mechanics of what does an optimal breath look like in terms of movement in the rib cage and the idea of volume and shape change in the body and what kind of patterns are you seeing in your singers? Because it's very, there are very few people who are going to come into your studio with great breath. No, because (laughs) that never happens. Right. And especially, you know, I'll say school age kids, but adults too, because they're spending their whole day sitting Mm -hmm. either at a desk or, you know, in a chair at work, you're, are we breathe in response to how we move? So if you haven't moved all day and then you're Mm going to go need to move a high volume of air to sing, it's challenging to make that transition. And I I hear from teachers all the time, like, how how do I make that? You know, these kids have low breath energy. It's like, Mm -hmm. well, don't, don't blame them. It's because they've been sitting all day and not responding. So we get into a, all of that in the breathing module. Um, and then the, the final one is kind of pulling all those elements together in what I call the core voice connection. We look at, there's a, um, call it the functional reflexive core. And the deep layer of that are the muscles of the throat, the transverse abdominis, the diaphragm, the psoas, the multifidi. And, you know, we sometimes like to subdivide 
and sometimes even down to individual muscles. And really the brain doesn't work that way. It doesn't isolate muscles. But so I call this a subgroup knowing that really none of these things are functioning outside of other muscles as well. But um, we want a coordination of that musculature that is brought about by the way we're breathing. And if we are breathing in a way that we're overloading with, with too much uh, pressure, the abdominal musculature, it's almost like it gets shut off and Mm. it can't be there to respond in the way that we need it to, to help produce the voice. Um, So that whole segment is about for most of us waking up and connecting that, that system again in the body Mm -hmm. that is dormant and, and it's dormant in almost everyone. And for a long time, most people can create um, a workaround, if you will, to still sing well. And for many women, especially post childbirth, that's when the cracks get revealed of like, holy moly, my voice changed. Um, And we need to go back and reestablish a connection there that has gone missing. You have a, a webinar coming up. Yes. So tell, tell everybody a little bit about that because I thoroughly enjoyed your work and your, your information is just so helpful. Yeah. So the next, uh, the next time that I'm running the, um, online webinar or workshop, you can call it whatever you like, um, (laughs) is in early September on, uh, Friday, September 8th. And it's, it, it's about an hour long. It kind of depends on how many people we have and how many questions at the end, it could be an hour and a half. And we get into, I think one of the first, um, it's a combination of me being live. I teach it through zoom and then, uh, use, uh, slides or the webinar portion. And I think one of the first things I put up is a tombstone with RIP noble posture on it. (laughs) I remember Um, that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And we just, we go right into the issues of posture and, and sort of the problem. I pull examples from different pedagogical treatises about how we talk about posture and, um, and then we get into this um, system of alignment that I learned um, in my restorative exercise training. And I've sort of adapted it because there are, there are like 30 points in the body, but that's, it's too many to work with. You don't, you don't need that to affect good change. And we, you learn um, nine alignment points of places you can look in the body. And I, I encourage people to really make this interactive, be putting your body into alignment as I'm teaching you these points Mm -hmm. and see what you find. And, you know, it's been, it's been fascinating to hear the feedback from people who are like, Whoa, you know, first of all, most people are like, this feels really wrong. I look like the hunchback of Notre Dame. That was me. That was me. When (laughs) even just the first one of uh, standing and, Mm -hmm. and, and are your feet pointed straight? And then when I looked down, I was like, my feet are not pointed straight and this (laughs) feels strange. And how, how revealing that was. Yeah. And I've had, you know, I've had people take, uh, take this, um, workshop and, you know, there are people who have lived with chronic pain for Mm -hmm. years and years, and they have found that when they are put into alignment, their pain is gone. Um, I've had other people who have significant scoliosis who one woman said she spends the better part of every day trying to sort of get her body working the right way. And in the course of this half hour work that we did, she found what she was spending the whole day working on otherwise. Um, so it's, it's, 
it's pretty powerful stuff. You have to be willing to open your mind and sort of be willing to challenge everything that you think you know about mm-hmm. posture and the body. And I, I just feel really, um, really passionate about getting good information in voice teachers' hands. You know, we yeah. there are a lot of people out there with sort of wonky understandings of the body and um, giving postural cues that are really problematic. Will you talk about that too? Yeah. Well, you talk about that too. I have never laughed so hard in my entire life. <laughs> so can I, can I give them a bit of a teaser? Sure. Can I? Okay. So, so Sarah uses these, you did a, a survey. Yep. You did a survey and you asked teachers what kind of visualization cues that they were giving to their students and some of them were just, well, some of them were obscene, really. And some of them were just out of this world. But it just goes to show how we're all using different language. And some of it might really be doing some damage. Um, yeah, so these were, these were all I asked for people what they, what kinds of images they used to bring about good posture in their singers. And I think the one that I found... Well, there was, there's one that I probably can't say on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I don't I have it. I don't have the explicit rating right, on right. the full voice podcast. So just exactly. FYI. I hate it when I'm listening to something. My kids are like, what's that? And I'm like, never mind. <sighs> right, right. <laughs> I won't do that to your listeners. But this one was to Im- imagine that you are standing with a razor thin piece of sheet metal between your legs and if you if you drop your posture at all you're gonna slice everything there in half and for me that just wins hands down is the most tension inducing image that anyone could give me I was always under the impression that singing was supposed to be fun but I don't know. Maybe I was wrong. (laughs) Maybe (laughs) we're just to to scare people into singing correctly. I wasn't able to watch the live webinar just because of my schedule, but you are doing it live and then people can watch the video afterwards. But you really encourage people to ask questions. Yes, definitely. And to follow yeah. And to follow up with me afterwards, you know, it's not, I don't want to, I don't want to do this and then send you off into a vacuum to try and figure it out that everyone who signs up is really encouraged to then set up a 30 minute session, which is free with me to ask further questions because inevitably, you know, something in the moment you totally get it and you're like, yes. And then you go back to it and you're like, Oh, what's that? And I hate those moments. So, um, I really wanted to make it possible for people to, you know, ask more questions and go deeper with it. What would you recommend to a teacher who maybe is, new to yoga in terms of where they where they bring it into their studio or just in their lives i think the teacher really matters you know it's just like taking voice lessons um there it's um getting certified to teach yoga is a pretty common place thing out mm-hmm. there um and you really i think it's worth trying out a number of different teachers and styles to really find something that feels like it resonates with you. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're just sort of going because you've heard this is what you should do and it's going to make you feel better, but you don't really don't mm-hmm. stay with it. Life is too short. Try another class, try another teacher and take away from it what works for you and leave the rest there. That's great advice. I think the first style that I did was uh, Kundalini yoga mm-hmm. and I didn't get it 
at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not surprised. Uh, and but but and so I didn't go back for many years. I was a little a little uh not not put off it just it, it just didn't resonate with me but when i did finally find a style that was wonderful and i would agree with you the teacher is everything um it really made a difference uh you have a beautiful website with so many resources uh for for people who are interested um you've got a blog you've got free meditations uh you um and is there anything about your website that you want to share with with everybody? Sure. I would say the blog is a great place to start. I try to keep the tags updated so that you can, you know, click and find all the things that are related to your feet or to breathing, mm. um, asthma or whatever. Um, I think the one thing that isn't on my blog but exists and probably I should figure out a way to link these two is that I also have a YouTube channel. And right. I put tons and tons of three or four minute long videos up there that give you one move that you can try um, to make your body feel better. And then, you know, you can try it while you're vocalizing and see what happens. Mm, I love that. I've actually shared your videos with with many of my students. So uh, it's kind of, I use them uh, sometimes as a follow-up to a lesson. Mm-hmm. It's usually, hey, check this out and see if this might work for you. And, and my students love them they because they are, because they're short and sweet. Yeah. Sarah, thank you so much for your time and sharing your passion and your very interesting journey. I'm going to put a link on the uh, show page, on the notes, uh, to all your materials. And of course, you are welcoming to anyone that wants to connect with you. Absolutely. They can they can connect with me by email. They can find me on Facebook, um, whatever works for them. Beautiful. And of course, I'm also going to put a, a link to the, is there a registration page for the upcoming workshop or? Yes. Okay. Yes. There is. All right. So I'm going to put a link to your upcoming workshop. I cannot uh, recommend it enough. It's so wonderful. It's funny and it's informative and uh, I really enjoyed it. And uh, I am, thank you so much for your time. And I'm sure, would you, would you be willing to come back and, and talk to us again in the future? Absolutely. We can uh, do some do some movement together. That would be maybe we'll we'll have to do a video blog, a video podcast. Yeah, that would be fun. Okay, I'm I'm all for that. Well, thank you so much for your time. And I'm wishing you uh, an amazing summer. Enjoy the summer (laughs) with your with your family. And uh, we will uh, talk again soon. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You have been listening to the Full Voice Podcast. For more information and free teacher resources, please visit our website at www.thefullvoice.com. Made by Canoe Music. Canoe Music.ca.